Welcome to the Wildly Tarot Podcast. I am just popping in to add a little note to the beginning of this episode. I wanted to thank everybody so much for your kind messages about the fires in my area. Uh, right now, we're still safe, but it did mean that we were not able to record earlier this week. And so we are releasing Esther's interview with the creator of Morning Calm Oracle a little bit earlier than anticipated. Um, we want to make it super clear that we're still not transitioning to being an interview podcast. And next week, we will be back with our regular format of questions and a deck review. We will be reviewing the territorial deck. Uh, territorial as in a pun between tarot and tutorial. Um, so next week we'll be reviewing the territorial deck and answering your questions. But in the meantime, please enjoy this conversation that Esther had with the creator of the Morning Calm Oracle deck. And we love you. This is Esther, and I have a special interview today with C.O. Kelleher. And C.O. is a shaman, author, spiritual mentor, and founder of Alpha Female Sisterhood. And they encourage you to embrace your intuition, expand your careers, and share guidance and healing. And they are also the creator of my favorite project of 2020 thus far, the Morning Calm Oracle. And I'm so excited to have you here, CEO. Yay. Thank you for having me. <laughs> yes. I do want to give some context about how I kind of found you on the great world of Instagram. Mm -hmm. So Shaman Mudong and... Um, Tweed and Spandex. I just know him as Daniel. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But they were doing a talk about Korean spirituality. They were. I watched it too. Yeah, sorry. Yes. Oh, it is okay. <laughs> and so uh, to, for just a broad context for my our listeners, I'm white. I moved to Korea five years ago. My husband is Korean. I live in very rural Korea. And so I just wanted to kind of get to know Korean spirituality because like just the law of the land, the lay of the land, whatever. And so I was so interested, and so I followed Shaman Mudong and her work, and I, you were in the comments section, and I was like, wow, who is this badass bitch in these comments? Just, like, you were, like, historically on point because of, like, things that I knew about Korean spirituality, and I was like, I've got to follow her. And so I did, and then I found out that you were doing this Oracle deck, and I was like, are you kidding me this is like divine timing all over the place because like I had just started to teach my Korean friends tarot and like oracle decks and I was just like yes this is what we need because in Korea there are some Korean um themed decks where of course you have like traditional imagery and stuff like that but they're either very expensive and not accessible or um, it's just not widely used. And so I was just so excited to meet you and to kind of be like a fangirl of your project. So I'm so super excited and very nervous to have oh, you on the podcast. Thank so. you so much. You are actually like, I'm like, where's this, how does this angel of my Oracle deck just kind of show up and then started like, encouraging me, advising me, sending me resources, introducing me to the right people and like super excited about my project. I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> so you say you're so happy to have me, but I'm so thankful that you just appeared. It just seemed like <laughs> I manifested this angel to just show up. And I don't mean like in Christian sense, but like oh, yeah. this, oh, no, yeah, this being and then just took it and started helping me. So I really appreciate um, the excitement is mutual. Okay, good. I'm just oh, so excited. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your deck and kind of maybe the origin story. Like, where did it kind of come from? Yeah, so Morning Calm Oracle, um, and I ended up changing a name. It had a different name, but I decided Ooh. to call it Morning Calm Oracle because um, Korea has been described as a land of morning calm. Yes. And you've probably been to Korea in early morning hours, how beautifully amazing it is yes. before the hustle and bustle of Korean people start. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought the Morning Calm Oracle is just this Oracle deck that's inspired to by who I am. So kind of Eastern spirituality theme, but the way I practice my spirituality right now is kind of 
East meets West type of spiritual practice. Uh-huh. And then my own ancestry of Korean ancestry. But I was born and raised in Korea until I was 15 and came to the States. I live in Virginia and that's 30 years. So I'm 45 okay. years. So majority of my life, I lived here as an American or an immigrant or Korean American, but the mm-hmm. culture of Korea. So, so, so I totally understand. So what I experienced was the, um, any Oracle deck or tarot deck I was finding, it was difficult for me to find kind of the artwork because mm-hmm. usually when we read intuitively, the artwork is really important. Right. And I couldn't really connect with the images too fully. Mm-hmm. And then some of my favorite decks that I loved, and one of my first Oracle deck was Kuan Yin deck oh, um, yes. by Alana Fairchild. Of course, because that was like the only deck I could find a few years ago that felt kind of connective to who I was. Mm-hmm. But even then, um, I felt like, well, this like this is all I can find. And the author is not Asian descent. So mm-hmm. there was like this things I was fine, but I also wished mm-hmm. that I had a deck that's connected with me better um and the origin story essentially is that this deck was channeled so around end of february when people are things are kind of getting weird um you guys were in korea people in korea were well in the pandemic but we were here in america we were like kind of one kind of trying to figure this thing out right um and i felt like Whatever that I was working on at the time, I had just published my book and I was just trying to push promotion of my book and this pandemic thing was happening and I felt like, well, I don't think this is what I'm supposed to work on right now. I think I'm supposed to do something different and I don't know what. So I meditated and prayed uh, with my guides and as soon as I asked, like, what should I be focusing on right now? I was immediately shown 44 Oracle cards and the energies of each cards and what that each card was supposed to mean. Mm-hmm. And they were just immediately shown. Um, and those are, you know, not written and specific. So I had to immediately write them all down and ended right. up, you know, typing it up and, you know, doing the writing thing. But so they were all channeled. And oh then once I had those written down, then I went through, okay, what image do I want on each of this card to like represent that energy and represent yeah. that intention so it's been so it's basically my pandemic COVID creation <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh I understand that definitely I think there was a burst of like creative energy through COVID and we're kind of seeing the results of that and I love that so much and because you were channeling these images and these meanings in the cards how difficult was it for you to find an artist to kind of collaborate with you that kind of embraced your vision and kind of made the cards all they could be was that a difficult process or were you were your guides able to bring someone almost immediately to your vision Um, everything was really smooth from the vision to execution nothing has been really challenging okay Um, but it's also because I was kind of I was not getting discouraged by no. So at first, I ha- I was so clear that this particular artist, Korean-American artist who does beautiful uh-huh. work I follow, I thought she was supposed to do it. And I had to, I was like, I'm going to ask her. She's going to be really excited and we're going to do this. And I reached yeah. out to her and she said she's completely booked until 2014. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And she said, this sounds really interesting. But after 2014, if you are still working on something like that, please consider uh-huh. me. And I'm like, well, I don't know what this means. But then oh. I just kept on searching. And then I yeah. found another artist. And I thought she was the one. So mm-hmm. we decided to work on a few designs as a test run. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as she started working on it, um, I just knew this, like she couldn't do, like she was more of a um, landscape artist, so she couldn't okay. really do human figures. So once we started working on some, I was like, okay, well, she's doing a good job, but I need to find another artist who will do a human figure. Right. Um, so 
I'm just finding these people on Instagram. Because <laughs> Instagram <laughs> is magic. Right,、um, right. It really is. <laughs> so I found the, the third artist, and she, I showed her, hey, can you do this human figure? And I gave her some photos of inspiration. And she、uh-huh. said, this feels so amazing.、Uh-huh. Um, I'm so excited to work on this project. In fact, it's one of my dreams to do my own tarot deck one day. Oh, my goodness. So I'm like, hmm, okay, here's some work. You could try it. And she just did an amazing work, as you could see. Right.、And、that's when I was like, okay, I need to just pause it. So, I had to start over with her, and we just went from there. So, her name is Alodia Yap. Yes.、Um, she's an amazing mixed media artist.、Um, and she's just magical. She、yeah. just did amazing work. It, because, like, looking at the cards, I really enjoy how you have been able to embrace the traditional and the modern and kind of fuse them together in one deck. Of Korean traditional, historical imagery, and also kind of bring it to the future of what it means to be in East Asian spirituality.、Um, like, I specifically am thinking of the integrity card because that one is just to me so modern in a sense of me living in tr- very traditional Korea、mm-hmm. and seeing this card where even just the tattoos, like where I live, I have to cover up my tattoo. Which is, you know, is not a problem for me to do so, but because tattoos are not seen as something clean or that you're a good person if you have a tattoo. So even this, just this card in the visual imagery of the rainbow flag on the shirt is just so breathtaking to me. And so I really enjoy how you have sort of fused both of these、um, things into one deck. Thank you. Yes. So. Because I'm not traditional Korean, right? right. I, I'm an American of Korean ancestry or Korean descent.、Um, I live, work, operate, and work as a spiritual person in the state, in Virginia. So even looking at some Korean decks、uh, designed in Korea with very traditional images, I'm like, well, what am I going to do with a picture of a palace? Yeah. And what am I going to do with this traditional scene? doesn't make any connection to me. And I didn't want to create a deck that you could just Wikipedia or Google search Korean traditional images and then,、mm-hmm. recre- you know what I mean? It recreate、right. that. So, what helped me was because the message on the cards and energy of, energy of each card was very specifically channeled and I knew what it was, then I tried to visualize how do I portray that energy? Yeah. And, you know, I am more than just a woman with a Korean descent, right? So right. I'm a feminist. You know, I lived 30 plus years of corporate life and I became an entrepreneur. I had to reinvent so many parts of my human life to where I am. So there are so many like stories and experiences and snapshots that I experienced. And I also helped many of my sisterhood experience. So it felt、yeah. like, so there's always this image of, okay, this image will portray. The energy in most authentic way to me.、Mm. And my hope was if I'm really truly portray my authentic intention in an art, then maybe some will connect with that too. Yeah. And I also love how you have included animals in your deck as well. So it's not just people, it's also there are some of them are like scenes where we'll get to that in a second because I do want to talk about those types of cards, but、mm-hmm. also animals in your. Deck are very important. And can you talk about why you've included not just people, but also the animals in your deck?、Um, yeah. So, in Korean culture and spirituality,、um, or Eastern spirituality, but I'm just going to speak from my personal experience. In Korean traditional culture, fairy tales and the nature, nature was such a big part of human life. So, this is because Korea has 5,000 years of history. So,、right. 5,000 years ago, there was no government, there was no money, there was, it was just people, nature, and spirits.、Hmm. So, I think, and you know how Korea has so many mountains. Up until my dad, so up until like 1950s during the Korean War, there were, there were tigers in these local mountains. So, tigers were. Um, like, very common. It's like a mountain、right. lion in Arizona, right? So, they're、right. like, so,、um, 
animals are always been big part of the Korean culture. When gachi or Korean magpie visit, it had a meaning. Oh, it means mm. there's going to be good news. Somebody, you know, some good guest is going to come. This is just this just this is how it is. Um, yeah. You know, crane. When you see a crane, or when you see an image of a crane, it meant these things. So it's not like I decided. Oh, I think I'll. I think we need to put some animals. It was just once I started experiencing the energy, that animal is the only one that could represent that energy. You know. Yeah. Yeah, especially like in one of the most um, striking images was Tiger Spirit. Of course, I think that's one of been like one of the most. For me, I've seen this card the most whenever other people have shared this image uh-huh. and stories and stuff like that. So I think this, like the tiger spirit just sort of embraces and kind of identifies a part of Korea that has that tiger spirit. Like they're always like pushing forward and just, I, I can't like explain it to words. Yeah, tiger is one of the most mystical um, animal in Korean culture. Sanshin, the mountain spirit deity which is one of the better known um, deities in Korean spirituality, is always pictured with a tiger. Yeah. And oftentimes, sometimes, Sanshin, the mountain spirit, will embody tiger. So when you see tiger in the mountain, which was pretty common um, back in the day, it was considered to be the tight, it was a mountain spirit uh, reincarnate, like kind of showing up with a message. So it's like total no. spirit animal manifesting in front of you. Um, they also thought tiger in the mountain protected the mountain and the people. So that's why tiger is just such a mystical, powerful, uh, like kind of a spirit animal of the people. Yeah. Um, and then the artwork that we did, I didn't want Tiger to look scary. I didn't want Tiger <laughs> to look cute. I wanted, but I also wanted to kind of show that more feminine, um, powerful image. Mm. Uh, because I created the deck with, I usually, I only work with women. Um, I'm, you know, I have a sisterhood. Most right. of the, all my clients are women. Um, so this deck is really, as you know, it's all women. Uh, represented uh, people who identify as women so even tiger and dragon i wanted to make sure that there is this you know kind of feminine tone in the background of that card you know i also really enjoy how you adapted goblin play because uh i really enjoy trickster cards that come out and like and things like that so with goblin play and it just it is not a scary goblin like we in American culture in our fairy, not our fairy tales, but the fairy tales that we've been told goblins are, you know, creatures that live under bridges and they're evil sort of thing. This goblin is a playful go- uh, goblin uh, with traditional imagery. Yeah. And so I really in- enjoyed that, that surprise of that card being in this deck. You know, um, I thought everybody saw that playful trickster side of goblin as I did. Uh-huh. But my older sister, who's probably had her, she was older than me when she left Korea. She was like, you know, I never saw Goblin in that way. And I'm like, you don't like, you don't remember those fairy tales. You don't understand. You don't remember those like things that happen in those uh, Goblin or Tokebi, right? Yes. Goblin um, fairy tale that happened. That's playful. That's trickster energy. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I never, I never thought about it until you pointed that out. So I think. Um, so I think it was maybe my own interpretation, but I just appreciated the fact that um, monsters right. or mystical beings are more than just being a monster, right? Like they have their own energy and characteristics and they have duality. Um, there are a lot of goblin stories where they were fierce and scary, but there's also goblin stories where they were playful and tricky. Right. Because I love trickster energy. Mm-hmm. Um, card too, because I think more trickster energy we could channel and bring it into and invite into our everyday life. Um, that's where think we can get unstuck. And whenever we're stuck, mm-hmm. or whenever we feel like we're kind of repeating patterns, one trick is if you could just invite more of a trickster playful energy, it start moving, it start getting unstuck. Um, so I wanted that in a goblin play. 
I love it so much. As a person who really enjoys the Seven of Swords and tries to, like, very much on, on the podcast, I will always be like, Seven of Swords is not always about lying, and it's not always about, like, just betraying people. Sometimes it's just, like, thinking outside the box and enjoying, like, the trickster. Like, for me, it's very much of a Loki card and yeah, tarot. Yeah, yeah. So I really enjoyed seeing them. I was like, yes, finally, some, this, a different card than an Oracle deck that understands my personality <laughs> <laughs> and affirms me. So. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a huge nerd. Okay. Too. Like, I love superhero. I love comic book characters. I love, you know, um, I think that's all magic. Harry Potter. We talked about Harry yes. Potter, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm all in. Yeah, right after this recording, I'm taking pictures. I have all the cards in front of me, and I'm taking pictures of each card in the house, in all the houses, because I, I have sticky notes with all the list on them. So... <laughs> So be ready was, for that. <laughs> some are kind of obvious and some are like, it, it hmm. just kind of challenged me to think more in layers and in more like deeper way. Right. Um, yeah. So that was interesting to just see a deck and kind of try to sort them by yes. awkward school. Yeah. I might, I might try that with another deck too. Yeah. I mean, because yeah. I think, especially because you as a Gryffindor and me as a Slytherin, we have different perspectives on each other's, on people's houses. So it'll be interesting to see in this deck where the cards land between the two of us. That'll be fun. Yeah, that will be so fun. I did also want to mention, I really enjoyed how you included daily Korean life imagery into the deck because it's not just mystical stuff. It's not just images of shamans or um, of monks. It's also like just the daily Korean, like shoes of the family and the kimchi pots outside with a candle on it for a prayer. Mm -hmm. Like it's the, the images are to me, you were able and your guides were able to guide you to just embracing like Korean daily life. And I think that's going to be a great introduction to other people because a lot of our listeners probably only know Korean through dramas or things like that. And this deck, I think, will help also teach them what, you know, the Korean imagery and symbols and um, mythology that you've grown up with. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you talk a little bit more about, like, the call to prayer card and the kimchi pots and the candle that's on that? What, Where that kind of came from and what it sort of means? Yeah, the reason I use that image, so call to prayer, that oracle card shows, um, like, kind of a, at a dusk or in the early morning, so it's kind of dark. And there is an area that in most traditional Korean home, there is like this clay pot area called Changtokde. So there are various sizes of these clay pots. Back in the day, they didn't have refrigerators. So this is where they put big things of soy sauce, miso, hot, uh, soybean paste, like hot pepper paste, um, kimchi, like pickles. So this was kind of their pantry slash refrigerator. So that was a woman's domain, right? Because Korea right. is very patriarchal, uh, especially Choson Dynasty is patriarchal society. So the so home and hearth was women's domain. And spirituality was weaved into everybody's day-to-day -day life. So you didn't have to be re particularly religious. You didn't have to be a shaman. You didn't have to be a monk. It was an everyday life because they will look at Korean magpie and they'll be like, oh, good people are coming. So animals represented so much and mm -hmm. trees represented so much, mountains and weather represented so much. And they always believed that there were spirits and ancestors around them. So it was always a big part. So when women needed that altar space or kind of the sacred space to pray, oftentimes women prayed at that clay pot station. So they'll bring a little tiny bowl of water because water represented an offering to the spirits or ancestors. When So you didn't have to put up huge spread or offering. It's a little bowl of clear water. Mm. Sometimes they'll light the candle and they'll just stand over that clay pot area and pray. So that's... So that's why my call to prayer, I wanted to kind of honor that and also remind myself and everybody that spirituality and connection to divine and magic can be just everyday thing. Yeah. Like you don't have this huge spread, you know, this, this is just call to prayer is you just walk up to where you always go with a bowl of water. And there you are connecting with your ancestors and the divine. So that was the intention of me creating it. Um, I don't really explain all these details. Um, 
in the guidebook because I'm、mm-hmm. like, nobody cares. <laughs> <laughs> like, nobody wants to know. It means a lot to me, but I don't、yeah. think people care.、Yeah. But now looking back, I think some people have really appreciated these, these type of details. So I'm like, oh, maybe I need to、um, create some type of a content to share、um, eventually. Yeah, because even like in a Instagram post, if you just go through a, one card, you can. Give those like extra details to people who are interested. And,、yeah. you know, so it's even something like that、um, would like, because for me, because my husband's Korean, I really want to,、um, I know that shamanism here, being a mudong, is close to me, but I still want to respect his culture and his family because, like, every Chusok and every Solal, we'll go to visit his ancestors.、Mm-hmm. And I want to still be honoring of that and. Be respectful of what the culture I'm in. And so I'm very interested in all the symbols and history behind things because to me, this is, I'm a history major. So I just like eat all this information、yeah. and really enjoy and, it. And you're a perfect person to really enjoy this deck because you're in Korea. But、um, I really wanted it to be, I think I would separate these, this deck. s like maybe、uh, it's a quarter traditional Korean images, quarter nature. Um, and then, quarter like Kuan Yin and Yin and Yang, kind of,、mm-hmm. um, you know, lotus flower type of a scene. And then the, its quarter is like everyday modern life of a woman. Yeah. And they just happen to look like Korean women that are not stereotypical. You、yeah. know, so there is like women with tattoos on her arms and, you know, wearing a rainbow t shirt. There's a plus size woman、mm-hmm. um, that's walking by. There's like, you know, women in probably 60s and 70s, the older women. So I wanted to show that, okay, well, this is inspired, this is inspired by this ancestral stuff and cultural stuff. But at the end of the day, this deck is supposed to be used for people to use it for their everyday. Um, divine connection. I love it. Or、that. everyday divination. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. And you've also included in the deck some、um, sort of sigil cards. The, the, well, first of all, I'm going to talk about the backs. There are two different sort of colors. We have a blue striking color with the king's, I'm not sure what the dragon is called. Yong, dragon. Yeah, Yong. Yes.、Mm-hmm. The emblem of dragon was actually used in、uh, emperor's robe. Um, and sometimes it was red and sometimes it was blue, but that emblem, not everyone were allowed to wear that,、mm. right? So, this was only the emperor、um, could wear that robe. So, that's what's inspired. And usually they're shown in either blue or red. If you watch K drama, Korean、right. drama, they're either wearing sometimes blue and sometimes red, but it's either blue or red.、Yeah. Um, so, I created that as an inspiration for the card back because. There are 44 oracle cards with、mm-hmm. messages and energies. And then I created seven sigil cards. And I wanted them to look, I wanted, I wanted you to be able to easily separate them. Sigils、yeah. are meant to be used for rituals and energy amplification and your healing. It doesn't、yeah. hold like specific message as the other ones. So like I changed different cards. So you could kind of pull the sigils out. Do your reading, and then you could use a sigil to either close out your reading or amplify your intention for that reading. And when I was looking through the deck, like my hands, when I got to the sigils, were kind of radiating. I, that I never ever get woo woo feelings with things. I rarely I do.、It. And so I all of a sudden it was like tingling and like very, especially when I saw Mago Sumption, like when I saw that, because I, I live at the base of Jirisan. Like, I, how many Mago is like in the mountains here?、Mm-hmm. And people like will sing folk songs about her when I've gone to different、um, smaller like events. And so, like, for me just to see that was just very touching that she was included in this deck. And, Also, that she's a manifestation card, and also that she's the Mago Blessings. Like, she has a full card herself、mm-hmm. um, about creation. So, for me, this it was like a very spiritual experience, but it was like a felt experience, not just like, oh, this is such a cool deck. It was like very much like, oh my goodness, this is something amazing. Yeah, so、um, working as a Korean American shaman,、um, I didn't even know this is what I would be doing. That's a long story on its own.、Um, But 
currently seven Korean shamanic deity spirits guides, how you wanna, however you wanna call them. I call mine just my guides. Mm-hmm. Um, There's seven specific ones that come to help me for a different task uh, or different um, work, you know, different aspect of work. So I have seven sigils. So what I did was um, whatever area that each guide helps me with. Mm-hmm. Um, I dedicated a sigil for each one. And then mm. I did a ritual. I did a prayer ritual asking for that specific guide's blessing on each sigil. Mm. So that way, like, in a way, who knows? I might, so Korean shamans, like, I might get more deities later in the future, but these seven have been, these seven are the one that's cha- helping me channel. Like, they're right. the one who told me to do these oracle cards. So it's my own like, I guess, I don't know. It's just, it, this is like magical creation of right. the energies and intentions. So they're very special to me. Mm. Um, I never created something, anything like this before. Um, they helped me kind of come up with the image and that. So, you know, this is not traditional Korean sigils or pujoks. Right, this is right. just what I created uniquely. So I'm really excited about them. Yeah. And it's, it's very special that you shared this part of yourself. So, it's to me it's very unique to have someone include their specifically a card to honor their guides and sharing that with other people um i think a lot of creators sometimes will say oh well this this goddess helped me or this guide helped me but to Mm -hmm. sort of infuse it in a deck and then share that with other people is just so special so thank you for for sharing that part of yourself so uniquely with us (laughs) you know i think I still believe divine oneness. So yes, I happen to work with the specific Korean shamanic gods out of my lineage and they are very specific and they all have a archetypes or their characteristic or whatever magic or energy. But I do believe at the end of the day, there is this one divine like thing, right? This divine magic, uh-huh, um, right. God, source, yeah. whatever it is. And for us mere humans to be able to access this powerful magic and gift, we had to come up with some type of a structure or system to be able to work with that. So that's why I I think that's where archangels came, goddesses came, um, different, Mm -hmm. you know, religious deities, you know, Hindus have like millions of gods. And um, so at the end of the day, I feel like I don't think I'm supposed to, I, this is my personal view. I don't think I'm supposed to say, oh, Esther, you're white and you don't come from Korean culture. So you don't get to, you know, access, you know, have access to these energy because in my soul, I feel like this is, we're all one and it all come from one. Right. And, you know, if it resonates with you, why not? You know, because it's energy, energy yeah. is all around us. Um, so, yeah, I appreciate that you, uh, you receive it with such grace and joy. <laughs> well, for me, it's just exciting to just being able to connect things that I've seen and experienced here. Um, like some, I've sometimes I've mentioned to Holly um, that, like during Solal or the harvest time, not probably in the next month or so. Usually in my small town, there are um, little. I'm not sure if it, I th- I think they're sourced from other mudongs, but they will travel around the outskirts of my town playing drums and bells kind of, and it's very specific times yes. of year. And um, to sort of, I, to me, it seemed like they were cleansing yes. spirits from so, bad spirits. Yes. That's so that shamanic ritual usually. And because you live in more rural area, they retain this culture. So they are basically the village has usually village shaman, or like group of shaman mm. will get together. So it's um, usually during Chuseok, which is a harvest festival, big, big Korean holiday. So they're going around basically cleansing, blessing, uh, receiving prayer and wishes and intention from village people. Um, and then they go back to wherever their ritual site is. And then they do like all the ritual Um and just yeah. and it's it's kind of the and they're basically making party it's a party for the village people because people can come and eat and you know re- receive readings and pray and whatever there's all music and, and also they're doing party for their guides um 
there's mm. you know what i mean like they're like he, we are honoring you in this way and then all the ancestor spirits so it's it's pretty cool i didn't really experience yeah. it um as much um growing up because i grew up in a very uh, modern uh yuppie um downtown high-rise apartments but I knew of these because we were taught this and then saw it on TV. Yeah. And then once I became uh-huh. kind of Korean-American shaman, my teachers will take me to these ritual sites and I'll be like, oh my God, this mm-hmm. is so powerful. And I never knew. For, and for me, it's just so beautiful connecting that tradition, but also where you're able to apply that f- to who you are as a woman a modern woman, a feminist woman, and being able to share this deck with other people and very much sharing to me your soul with other people. That's what to me this deck is, is in a sort of um, not a confession from your soul, but like an outpouring from your soul of your who you are and inviting other people to embrace that as well. Yes, it's been amazing um, receiving Instagram DMs and Kickstarter messages from people of Korean ancestry or Asian ancestry or um, like, you know, Mm -hmm. indigenous ancestry just reaching out to me and they're in just such a powerful messages. They've said, I'm looking at this and I don't even know why I'm crying, but I feel like they're they're My soul just connected to the sense of home which I've never even been Mm -hmm. to physically, but you know, oh my God, there's just so many of these powerful messages and encouragement I was receiving. So I was just like, man, (laughs) this is, so to me, that alone is magic, you know? Yeah. But of course I would love to (laughs) sell my decks and people like support the Kickstarter. And I have, and I can't wait because, you know, I, I can't wait for you to start Oh, you you started it, but you know, like I can't wait for people to start putting on a spread and using it oh, on their yeah. divination, um, and how that really provide them guidance and um, clarity. I can't wait, right. but at the same time, yeah. just me putting it out to mm-hmm. the universe, and here right. is part of my soul, and here is part of who I am. This is part, here's a part of my magic that I'm right. sharing here. Um, yeah, and for people to see it, like as in the movie Avatar, like they see it, like they're they're like I see you, you know, right? And I'm right. like, oh my yeah. god, it's so amazing just to see that. And so, since we've kind of mentioned the Kickstarter, let's talk about the Kickstarter. You're fully funded now. Yes. Yay! Yes. So the deck is going to get made. Yay! For real. Yes. <laughs> yes. But we're not quite at the goal yet for the Awaken card, mm-hmm. which to me is one of the more striking cards because CO sent me a prototype deck that happens to have that card in it. So I already know what it looks like, everyone. But it, uh, but it, it's not coming to fruition yet for everyone. So we need to hit that goal to be able to get that card in, included in the deck as a 45th card. So can you tell us about a little bit more about the Awaken card and why it's kind of so special? Initially, I saw 44 cards. It was very clear, 44 cards. Um, so then I started working on it and I needed to create a Shaman card. And as much as I would love to have multiple Shaman cards because, hey, it's me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I only had one card that said shaman. So right. I had, when I was doing research of what do I want my Korean shaman to look like, uh, my artist pre- painted this uh, one of an older Korean shaman, like in the midst of ritual dance, um, holding mm. you know her rattle and her fan, and she's wearing the full ritualistic costume of warrior general. Usually you wear that when you're channeling um, warrior general spirit. So mm. that was already done. Um, but I part of me really wanted her to do another um, shaman because I had this another image in my head of a shaman wearing a different ritualistic costume. Um, mm. So so I said, well, that would be just my little personal connection co- uh, collection. And when she brought, yeah. when she did the artwork and sent it to me, I was like, I can't just keep this for myself. I needed to, <laughs> um, I needed to come up with. Um, I need to offer this. Um, but then yeah. I had already wrote, so I kind of went back to prayer. And then I said, you know, I said, well, I want this card in the deck. So help me, like, give me the inspiration of what this card should be. And I decided 
So then I decided it's going to be, or maybe it was channeled, but to me felt like it was awakened. Um, yeah. And just talking about veils getting thinner, you're being, you know, you're being asked to really awaken to your intuition and your soul's calling. Um, so it's a, it's a kind of, it's, it's a, I guess it's a call for people like you and me to the world and to the sisterhood, you know, wildlings, you know, come on, come on here. Like it's safe for right. you. It's safe for you to oh. awaken. It's safe for you to be, you know, magic. Um, and there, mm. and there's us like, come, come on over. Like we, you know, please awaken and join us type of a card. Yeah. So that, ha- that has a stretch goal. So yeah. I'm pretty confident <laughs> that I'm going to meet the stretch goal. Um, because that's how you manifest, right? It's already done. Right. So I went ahead and, um, like, I'm, I mean, just to be honest, I'm going ahead and with a, like, I'm thinking it's going to happen. So I'm going to go ahead with, it's going to, it's going to happen. Yeah. It's already happened in the universe. Yes, it's so done. we're just exclaiming it. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, I'm just so, so excited. And you've continually in our conversation mentioned the sisterhood. And that is a card in this deck that to me is so striking because of the full moon. And because this kind of looks like it could be taken in my hometown, this the picture that's on the card. Well, not hometown. Mm-hmm. In in my Korean hometown. Mm-hmm. But I'm claiming a Korean hometown. So tell me about the sisterhood and your dream of the sisterhood, because that is, to me, an over, like a prevalent theme in throughout this whole entire conversation and who you are as a person. So tell me about your book and the sisterhood and all that good stuff, because I'm super curious. Um, sisterhood in general, the how, I think, or you're not talking about the card sisterhood, right? I I, I think both. Okay. Where, because <laughs> sisterhood for you, it seems to be both, where it specifically has a meaning in the card, but also who you are as a person in the sisterhood. So I've always been um, someone who always had like group of people. I just needed to be in a group of people. Um, I was always kind of like, let's do this and people will do this. Or I'll just say, hey, I'm going to do this and people will just get on. So so I've always been an extrovert, um, a leader or just being, I just enjoy being with other women, Um, Mm. even since I was a little girl. Um, but when my spiritual gifts started opening up, because I spent 30, so I was like 37 years old and I was so not spiritual. I was not into uh-huh. anything like this. I was working in corporate job. I used to think people would think about energy and vibe or kind of like, get your shit together. Like, you know what I mean? Like stop waking <laughs> right. out on me. Like who cares about energy? Get your shit together. So right. for me to start experienced this expansion spirituality mm-hmm. you know and I it started because I started meditating and then things started happening like I'll oh. start knowing things and yeah. like I have no business of knowing but I'll just know so one of my biggest gifts is clear cognizance so I'll just know um mm-hmm. and sometimes I'll say it and it would be like people will be like how the fuck did you know this and yeah sometimes I'll just say well I think I'm supposed to do this and it'll just have it just things are just starting to happen um, and then my gift started opening up really quickly and I really thought I was losing my mind. Uh, mm. And also I was very afraid of other people's judgment. So here I am, 37 years old, 38, I don't even know. Um, mm-hmm. And I made my name and success based on being this certain way and very like right. analytic and like no nonsense. And now like I have like, like what what's happening so I was so afraid that people are gonna think that I lost my mind I'm gonna be ostracized people are gonna think I lost my mind I'm gonna lose relationship how do I do that Um, so I felt like I needed but then I really felt in my soul that this this is if if this is happening to me this was meant to happen to me uh, because Mm -hmm. I didn't ask for it I was I didn't even I wasn't even curious about it so I wanted to create especially a little bit safer space um, okay. So I created this online community, um, and it initially it needed to be a space where I could completely be myself and kind of experience my journey, mm-hmm. and share my journey in whatever like in this moment. This is what I'm experiencing. In this moment, this is the wisdom I'm gaining. In this moment, this is what I'm ex- like what I'm sharing. And I just needed a safe space. And I had this little Facebook group. Um, 
used to be called Kick-Ass Girl Boss Success. Okay. Because <laughs> so I was a business coach. So I was like, yeah, right. I'm a women's empowerment. And I'm going to help women become successful. And so I'm going to yeah. call it a Kick-Ass Girl Boss Success. <laughs> um, and I had like 200 people in the group. And then one day, so I was in the middle, like in the middle of the night, 3 a.m. Because we all know when 2.30 to 3 a.m. is when we receive messages from spirits for some of us. Mm. I yeah. wake up in the middle of like night at 3 a.m. and say, I need to change the name of my Facebook group to Alpha Female Sisterhood. So I get to the computer and I, it just like flows out of me. So it's no longer so Alpha Female Sisterhood. And this is the intention of the group. Save. And I went. To bed. I went back to bed, uh-huh. and um, next morning, six hundred people in the group. Oh wow! Like <gasps> you know what I mean? Like and then like people, overnight. Yeah, literally. like so. I was like, <laughs> check. Like by then, I, by then I wasn't even know who my guys were, but I'm like, okay, uh-huh. divine. Like this, <laughs> this was a validation. So that's how it grew. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still not huge. It's still snug, uh-huh. but then it just happened. I feel like the, that sisterhood provides the safe space for people like me who were like, what the hell is this spirituality thing? But mm-hmm. I'm kind of curious. I call it, this is a space for woo curious women mm-hmm. to support each other and then kind of share what we're going through in our spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, so that's my online group. But then a lot of, I mean, so sisterhood has always been, I feel like when women kind of, connect authentically and support each other with the right intention and when we don't feel safe i mean when we don't feel safe it's difficult for women to be authentically supportive of one another but when Uh we are healed and when we know we're safe and when we can truly be the like this divine women we're supposed to be then that's where magic happens um so more like women heal ourselves and kind of trust our intuition and work through our bullshit and like get support one another, receive support from other women. It, it mm-hmm. just kind of, it. I think that's how we're supposed to change the world. And um, so that's how I feel about sisterhood. Yeah. Um, whether I have Oracle cards, whether I'm going to have, uh, I'm going to write a book, whether I'm going to continue to have Facebook group. I just know that, um, I'll always have a sisterhood of one way or another. Oh, I love that. I got chills as you were speaking your vision of your community. Like wild tarot community. That's a sisterhood. There might be men too, but like what I mean by sisterhood is basically community, right? Community of like-minded people. Yeah. The authenticity is, I think, something that is just such a breath of fresh air in a community because so many times a person will put themselves up as the authority of a community for attention or to get people to look at them when a lot of people are just really, really searching for that authentic community. And I'm so glad that you have that vision and that sense for yourself and you're wanting for other people to be included in that. And that's just so beautiful. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a constant challenge for us to really navigate with our ego mind Mm. and then, you know, our soul mind, right? Our soul and our ego. Um, Of course, it feels good in our ego to say, I'm the leader and people think I'm great. And, you know, of course it feels great. And sometimes we could actually uh, lead from the ego, ego space where um, I have this mission, I am going to do this wonderful thing. So it's coming from a right intention. But when you're driving from your ego space, I don't think that you can create a lot of magic. I think when you can um, nurture your ego self, but kind of don't lead from your ego space and try to kind of, and you got to know what those triggers are. Like, you know, certain triggers for your ego self to be like, oh, oh, like, you know, pick me, pick me, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, (laughs) like, you know, you have to, you know how to, you need to learn how to kind of navigate through that. And so it's always like finding balance, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that's just human life. I don't think it's just in the community. That's just how we're supposed to live. Um, Right. And that's a struggle sometimes, some good days, some bad days, but that's with anything. Yeah. Um, Before we go, I did want to ask, I will not tattle on you to any of the other cards in your deck, 
But is there a favorite card that you are just one with in the deck? Is there one that you always see and that is like your home card? Um, lead with joy. Lead with joy. Okay. Like, uh, do, you, do you know the one of woman running through yes. field of wildflowers? Yes. Um, and she's just wearing that white dress. And the message yeah. on the card is instead of leading from your heart and logic, I mean, leading from your brain and logic, start mm-hmm. leading by what skips your heart with joy. Um, yeah. I was in Korea in 2018 on ancestric pilgrimage, and I was in this my paternal ancestral land um, mm-hmm. called Gyeongju, and I was walking through. It was around harvest time. I was walking through this heart, like this yellowing rice fields, um, and then I just make one turn and I stumbled upon this field of cosmos or wildflowers. Oh. Yeah. And I just couldn't, like, it was just like, you're walking through rice field, and then you walk up, and then here you are in this big field of wildflowers. And it was so oh. beautiful, so magical, that I started, like, walking into it, and I had my arms, like, wide open, and just like, oh my god, look at this. And <laughs> uh, my travel buddy was a professional photographer, so she snapped mm-hmm. that photo of me just in pure ecstasy of this unexpected joy. Um, oh. so I sent that picture, um, to, and I wasn't wearing this beautiful dress and I, I and I'm not this skinny, you know what I mean? This girl is gorgeous. You could tell yeah. her hair is like amazing, but I sent this picture and, uh, this is what the artist sent. And the funniest thing is, um, so many people, even my mom and so many, like so many of my close friends say, this card looks like you. And I'm like, what? She's like size six. (laughs) But she's Uh like, I don't know. I don't know. But this card looks like you. So I feel like this is indeed my card. Yeah, it it really embodies your spirit and your joy and everything that you've brought to this project. And I I love that. Thank you. So good. Well, thank you so much for spending what is it now like 50 minutes with me and sharing your vision and us being able just to talk. Um, where can we find you as far as social media goes and your website and things like that? I'm always on Instagram. Okay. <laughs> because I'm telling you, Instagram is magic. That's like a magical yeah. place. Um, it's my full name, C.O. Kelleher, one word. Um, okay. So morningcomoracle.com is where the Oracle card is. C.O. Kelleher.com. Um, or C.O. Kelleher on Instagram is where you will find me. So thank you. And I will include all links in our show notes, including a link to your book, Don't Be a Bitch, Be an Alpha, and, you know, encourage people to read that because I'm in the midst of reading it and it's so, so good. Oh, thank you. You've been just such a wonderful, wonderful, like empowering presence. Thank you so much. Well, thank you for coming on our show, and I I cannot wait to receive the full deck because the prototype is so good, and the deck itself I know is going to be just magical. So yeah, yay, yay! <laughs> <laughs> thank you.